Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams who are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, part of the Jepson Performance Group. Video segments of this and other episodes of the podcast can be found at Sales Leadership United, hosted on Patreon. Think of Sales Leadership United like a Home Depot for sales leaders. It's a comprehensive resource for sales leaders with over 100 hours of tools, training, and insights sorted and tagged into every category you might need to help you become an elite sales leader. A private podcast, sales leadership training, sales meeting insights, video insights, and much more are waiting for you to check out at Sales Leadership United. Don't reinvent sales leadership. Tap into proven tools and techniques used by many of today's most successful sales leaders and check out Sales Leadership United today. Now, get ready for some serious insights from this week's sales leader who's making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. And today, we have got another really, really good one for you. I am super excited to welcome Alex Elaine to the show. Alex is the head of EMEA Sales at the Sales Impact Academy. He's an award-winning sales leader and the host and founder of Elite Level. And Elite Level is where Alex educates aspirational sales talent around how best-in-class leaders think, act, and operate through a podcast and a newsletter that you're going to want to follow. Now, before joining Sales Impact Academy, Alex has had a remarkable run with some of the most disruptive and iconic organizations, doing it in leadership positions where he's created massive impact. Alex has been recognized for delivering content you can't afford to ignore. He helps salespeople and sales leaders have increases uh, in their success by orders of magnitude, all while avoiding common career pitfalls. And as a result, he's been recognized as LinkedIn's top voice in the sales category for the last two years running. And today, you're about to find out why. I am really excited for this conversation. I'm looking forward to diving into what makes for elite leadership and elite performance. So Alex, thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Rob, I am absolutely delighted to be here and can't wait to share some wisdom with the masses. Yeah, I am too. We got a, we got over 40,000 people. They're going to be excited to hear this one. We got a good one today, man. Why don't you start by introducing yourself and, 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 and impact and sales impact Academy and, and what you do for your customers that you work with. Yeah, absolutely. So sales impact Academy, we are the leading go-to-market education platform out there. In essence, we provide a continuous learning platform that helps uh, sales leaders and aspirational sales talent really go from good to elite level in their career. Uh, my role specifically is to lead the EMEA uh, region. So all of that constitutes the sales team, the customer success, and a wonderful team of SDRs too. Uh, it's been a phenomenal run so far and really excited about what we're gonna go on to achieve. Awesome. One last thing before we dive into it. I love that high level on what you do, clearly doing great work, changing careers fast. I know how fulfilling that is. I can feel your, your passion for it as well. And that's one of my favorite things that our listeners are going to hear today is your passion for this growth. 
how'd you get started in sales, man? How'd you, how'd you get started in it? How'd you get, what led you to, to figuring out that it's for you and, and, and wanting to help be involved in so many others' careers? Absolutely. I mean, going right the way back, I, when I was at university or as uh, anyone in the US would call college, I actually had a full scholarship studying corporate law. And eight months in, I decided this isn't for me. And I dropped out because earlier in my life, I realized I was always so entrepreneurial, right? I like being out there, owning my destiny. And so I, I found sales. I had a couple of people in my family who had been uh, senior account managers. And so I got started in the, the printers and photocopier space as a, a BDR or what we call mostly nowadays an SDR. And I always remember that first week I was told uh, your target is to book eight meetings for that week. I had a list of contacts on Excel. I had a phone book and I had a phone. And on my very first day, I booked eight meetings. So I Let's go, man. Let's go. <laughs> yes. So I crushed the weekly goal in my first day. Month later, won a Best New Start reward. And at that point, Rob, I was hooked. And uh, 11 years later, here I am. What a great story. Thank you for sharing it. I'm so excited for where we're going to go. Um, and, and I love that, that first day on the job, man. I mean, what a great first day. Uh, how, how could you not be hooked? Right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was really intense. And I think with often, uh, when it comes to sales careers, you either lean in when it gets tough or, or you lean out. And I think that's often why we see so much churn in this space, but if, if you lean in and you love it, you'll just have a remarkable career and you'd never want to do anything other than this. And that's certainly how I feel. Sure. It's similar for you too, Rob. Yeah. I, I think we're in the greatest profession in the world when it's done correctly. We've got a lot of people who don't know better and do it incorrectly. And that creates negatives, but you could say that for any job and right. uh, we're in the best profession in the world, brother. So let's, let's shift into what we're going to talk about for the next 45 minutes or so. Listen, you've done amazing work personally. I, I follow you. That's why I reached out to you. I, I, I love what you share. You, you've definitely taught me a lot and helped me like see things in ways that have been really great for me. Uh, your personal work has been awesome, but I think more notably, you know, what you've done to help many people achieve more than they would have on their own. That's, that's really cool. And so I want to start with that, like your ability to help people achieve more than they would have done on your own. When you're looking to help people have growth, which is let's level set. We've got 45,000 sales leaders that are listening to this. All of them has responsibility. One of our, if not, if it's not our number one responsibility, it's 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 in the top two is to help people grow. When you're looking to help people grow, when you're looking to become more, where do you start, man? Yeah, it's a it's a great topic, one I'm super, super passionate about. I think the first thing for most people is that whether they can see it or not, they're getting in their own way. Mm. And Anyone who's watching the video version of this will see that behind me, I have a picture of Muhammad Ali. Yes, sir. And yes, absolutely. We, uh, we bond over that one, don't we, Rob? Yes, we and do. The reason why I have that picture there is because Muhammad Ali is someone who campaigned all over the world and he would tell people, I am the greatest. And whether he won or he lost, he still kept that energy of, I am the greatest. Muhammad Ali did not get in his own way. So when it comes to people unlocking their own potential, half the time it starts with winning that battle. You need to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm getting after it today. I'm gonna find a way to be the best at what I do and I'm not gonna stop 
until I feel satisfied and there's other people around me who feel the same way. And so I'd really encourage people to, to look inwardly before they do anything else, to get out of their own way so that they can give themselves the opportunity to be the best. The second strand to that is that you then want to look out for people out there, I guess, like myself, like a Rob, who are willing to lean in, right, and offer their help and their services and provide that additional layer of motivation to help someone become their best. But you, you can't take a horse to water if they don't want to drink, right? So it starts with uh, the person unlocking their own floodgate and then others being able, like myself, to weigh in and help them unlock their potential. So that's a really interesting observation. I love it. it couldn't find a better place to start than getting out of your own way, leaning in the concept of Ali, that I am the greatest, uh, which might have come across to some as cocky, but to people like you and me, I don't see it that way. I see it as, you know, that's that mindset of, you know what, one experience doesn't define me just because I got beat. That doesn't define me. I just get better from it. Right. Sales leaders that are hearing you talk right now, if we want to have people that are leaning in, getting out of their own way so they can lean into having people that support them and help them grow and, and grow faster than they could have on their own. Cause I think that's what we do as leaders, right? Like yeah. you figured a lot of stuff out on your own and I don't know your story well enough. You might've had some mentors that helped you fast track it. I don't know, but I think the slow way is to figure it all out by yourself and like make mistakes and try, try again, keep doing it. It's like this, you know, roundabout way. If you can have a, a good sales leader will be able to say, this is from point A to point B. I've done what you're doing. I know how to do it. I can make it so you don't have to make the mistakes. Do leaders, is that part of the environment they build? Is that part of the culture they build? Do they need to build like an environment? Like this is who we are. We lean into growth and we do it with other people that we're not on our own, but we're, we're, we're growing with those around us. Like, might seem like a fuzzy question, but I'm thinking about the leaders now. Do they create an environment that either attracts that or facilitates that? Yeah, I, I believe I know where you're going with this. And I think it's absolutely important, right? If we just surmise that as, as culture, the culture that you build, right? It, it's super, super important that you foster an environment that is actually primed for growth. And sometimes people say, hey, it's easy to say, get out of your own way and all of these things. But tactically, what can I do to start to make that happen? Now, I think for most people, there's an element of imposter syndrome in some cases, right? Uh, where let's be real, some people are in leadership roles and they, they question themselves. Hey, do I deserve this? Should I be here? Am I ready for this? And what I say is that the, the best way to start to take that first step to really help yourself move forward is you've got to go on the pursuit of mastery in your craft mm. because the more that you go on that journey right when you're putting in the hard work you're putting in the yards you're looking to lean on people who can help you raise the bar it inherently makes you more confident at what you do right if you just rest on your laurels and you've taken on this role or you've been a leader for a period of time and you accept yourself to get a little bit stagnant or stale, then of course, some of these thoughts can start to creep into your mind. And of course, it makes it difficult to foster a culture where others will want to gravitate towards you. So you've got to commit to a journey of mastery. You've got to commit to this desire and this intent to say, I'm going to learn every day. I'm going to get 1% better every single day until I'm convinced and others are around me that we are the best. And we want to foster an environment where people want to continue to raise the bar every single day. 
I love what you're saying, man. I'm taking, I'm already almost a full page of notes done on this conversation already. It makes me smile. I, I love this conversation. This commitment to a journey of mastery. Does that start just a commitment right here in your head on like, I am going to be the greatest fill in the blank. I am fill in the blank. I, I love the I am exercise. I am have a blank. What are you putting in that blank as a leader first? Like, and then can you help the people you lead what they put in that blank? And if I'm going to be this leader who's having this journey of mastery, I'm going to be a master at my craft. I'm going to be someone who continues to improve all the time. Now we're talking mindset. Am I right? We're talking mindset here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so this is one of the things I was hoping we might get into. So those that are watching the video on sales leadership, you know, they're going to see me smiling. I'm like a kid in a candy shop on this one now. Here's why. I think mindset gets a lot of lip service, uh, Alex. I think it gets a lot of lip service. And some people will maybe show a motivational video or they'll do a little rah-rah or maybe hire a motivational speaker. But I think too many leaders don't have the tools on how to help others build these bulletproof, titanium grade, elite level, championship mindsets. Okay, I think it's easy to talk about, hard to do. Any pointers on how you go about being deliberate and intentional with mindset? Yeah, topic I also love, uh, Rob. So I'm super glad we're on it. Now, it's really interesting because I, I, I read a lot of books and I read a book uh, quite some time ago, a number of books actually, on the US Navy SEALs. And because I was really obsessed with uh, their mindset, right? And the level yep. of resilience that they have and, you know, going out there, serving our countries, going to war. And one of the things that was really interesting in all of the research that I did is that it spoke about the fact that the Navy SEALs, some of the fitness tests to be able to actually get in, um, some of them are really intense, but actually the initial ones, they say that any average person of an average fitness level could actually pass what the tests are actually optimized for is simply mental resiliency. So they're trying to put you in really uncomfortable positions that people would typically give up on at some point or another. And so they're trying to intentionally help you build and test whether your mind can be conditioned to deal with more. And the reason that that really stood out to me is I said, how can I apply that to my own life to become a more effective sales leader? And that started with things that might, to some people, sound small, but have been really, really impactful for me. So I'll give you one example, Rob, is I started going to cryotherapy every single Sunday. And for those out there who might not know what that is, it's when you go in a, an ice chamber that can get as, as low as minus 80 degrees. Are you uh, serious? <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's basically like standing in an insanely cold freezer. And wow. it's designed for recovery, but I actually go in there solely for mindset because I know that for that five minutes, my body and my mind is screaming, get out of here, get out of here now. This is uncomfortable. You don't want to be here. And I have to sit through that. And that's my five minutes where I say, I'm not going anywhere. Boom. And doing this type of thing week in, week out, it conditions you for being on the field as a sales leader. So the point is here, none of this are we entitled to. You've got to train. You've got to put the reps in. You've got to put yourself in uncomfortable situations so that you can grow, you can get better, 
and intentionally build your mind and your resiliency. That is an, I love that story. What a, by the way, I want to go back up to your Navy SEAL. Uh, I, I like that as a starting point. I like you find Navy SEAL stories interesting for a lot of reasons. And I've read more than my share of the Navy SEAL books that come out. And uh, there's one common theme in every one of those books that I think has a lot to do with what you're saying. Almost every one of those books starts with like really in-depth uh, like study or sharing their story of what the training was like. And, and when I read the first one, I was like, okay, enough of the training. I don't need to hear the play-by-play of every day of training. You know, I was like, let's hear the story. Let's hear about, you know, what happened on the mission. That's what, that's what I want to read. But when they get on the mission, I'm thinking of like Lone Survivor, for example. I don't know if you've read that one. Lone Survivor, when they have, they're surrounded by like a couple hundred people and it's just five people on the side of a mountain. They never thought they were going to lose. They said, yeah, right. they don't have enough guys. Why? Because our training was better than yours. Up here, we're better than, than the circumstances that we're in. Like it was mind boggling to me in the circumstances that they're in. And now I know why they go back. Every single time you read one of those books, it will start with their training every time because you're right. If you was to just do the one activity, you could do it but it's the way that they make it mentally and they're challenging you the whole time. Tap out, tap out, tap out. We beg yeah. you to quit. Please quit. Make it easy on yourself. But they condition them like, no, like what you said in your, in your uh, cryo, I'm not going anywhere. Right. And, yeah. and that mindset, I think that that's the stuff that fuels performance. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I don't know that enough of us say it all starts here. These six inches here are the most important six inches. And so I love that you're like, that's, that's one tactic. And so any other idea, any things you can share, like what are some things that leaders can do to help their, their reps they lead, but also them as leaders think a little bit bigger, be a little more intentional, you know, your version of the cryo chamber, Ali's idea of I am the greatest, no matter what is any other ideas that you can share, because I always like giving our leaders just a few more tools in their toolbox to help with this mindset thing so it's not just here's the next motivational video right yeah most definitely i i think there's a couple of things that stand out to me that the first one is really doubling down on this mentality of being a bar raiser and holding mm -hmm. everyone within your team accountable to that principle so how do we then make that tactical and real it's after every session that you have with your team member, customer call, internal call, or otherwise, having that mentality of what more could we have done? What's that extra thing that we could have said? What's that one difference we could have made, right? And the reason that we're constantly asking this question and having this feedback loop is because we're bar raisers. And, and, and also as the leader, holding yourself accountable to that same principle. You know, I talk to my team, I say, hey team, this is something I could have stepped up on. Let me shield you guys right now because I could have been better here. Let me talk to you about ways I could have been better this week, right? And, and it, so we're all in the trenches together. So it's that constant feedback loop, right? With your team, with yourself. How do we get one more percent out of this? Let's talk about it. Let's hold ourselves accountable. As we go into the new week, what are the three things we're going to do better this week? And all of it sounds pretty simple, Rob. And that's the thing. That's it why it's simple. awesome, though. That's why it's awesome. Right, right. And it's simple, 
but not enough people do it. Sometimes we forget about the fundamentals. It's a bit like, you, you know, we both are boxing, right? It's like they, they say Lennox Lewis once said, the jab will take you around the world. It's the most simple, fundamental uh, art form of boxing is the jab, but that will take you around the world. It's no different in sales. The fundamentals can take you over decades of your career if you get them right. That is so well said. I, I love this idea of doubling down on being a bar raiser. I actually bet I have a feeling that could be the title of our of our episode today is, you know, becoming a bar raiser. Right? I think that that's such a good way of looking at yourself as a leader, though. Am I a bar raiser or am I just a babysitter? Am I managing and keeping in the guardrails or am I having influence and in raising the bar? Brilliant. I love it. So that gives me a question that I want to ask you, though, in this concept of being a bar raiser. This is like, again, our listeners love that my our shows are never scripted. We never know exactly where it's going to go. So this concept of being a bar raiser, I'm sure that identity, self-identity is part of it. But I want to ask you this. Where do standards come into play? If you want to be a bar raiser, one of my favorite quotes, it comes from lots of people. I heard it most from Coach, uh, Coach K at Duke Basketball. He always said standards allow you to be demanding without being demeaning. It's the standard that does it. And I've always thought that if you're going to become something, and I like your language better than mine, I always talk about becoming. Bar raising is way more badass than becoming. Okay, so kudos to you. If you're going to be bar raising, then I believe if you're going to become something new, then you have to, it always starts with a new standard for yourself. I'm going to set a new standard and then I will become equal to or greater than that standard. I think the same thing applies for teams. So I'm really interested if we're going to be bar raisers, what's the role of standards and how can leaders be intentional with those? Yeah, I think it's a fantastic point. I love the way that you framed it. I, I think ultimately, I, I agree, right? I agree with the principle. Um, you know, your, your standards are, I'd almost just extend it to say your standards of excellence, right? Yep. And the way I'd also think about that is I look at things like your operating rhythm, right? What, what does that mean in terms of your routine, the way that you think, the way that you act, the way that you operate? And so you want to kind of flourish them out a little bit when we say our standards of excellence. And I would just add, those additional layers, right? Of again, how do you think? How do you act? How do you operate? I think when you've got a, a certain expectation that is team-wide, company-wide and beyond that really constitutes each of those three areas, that's when you're really in a position where you start truly raising the bar because mm -hmm. you're factoring in your mental, you're factoring in your physical, you're giving consideration to your performance, right? Because when we talk about bar raising, it's not only performance, right? It's not only how you are in the sales field. How do you prime your mind in the morning? What does your routine look like? You so know, how you disciplined said that. are you, right? Yeah. <laughs> go well, ahead. That was one thing I would go to like I, <clears throat> with mindset. I'd love to get your take on like percentage wise in success, like how much of it is like where you start here. I'd love to get that. But then I'd I, I'm a big believer in trying to create like, success by design, like creating this automatic, you're, you're almost like automatic. And I think routines are a big part of that. You want to, I, I have a routine to start my day. I've shared it with people on the show before, but my whole point is I want to wire myself for success and then let the day run. Wire myself for success, let the day run. I would love to hear your thoughts on routines and any advice you have to sales leaders, A, on 
if they're important, but I think they are because you already brought it up. How do you go about doing those in a productive way? I, I think people would benefit from that. Yeah, for sure. I, I think one of the challenges sometimes, Rob, is that a number of the things that we've spoken about, some people can just feel like these things are fluffy because a bit like you said, they go online, they see these motivational videos with millions of views and they just say, ah, you know, it's just another thing. I, I, I was probably that person at some point, but there was a couple of things I did. The first thing was I looked into the science of some of these things. So just to, to give you really simple examples, I started meditating maybe a year and a half ago. And for a long time up until that point, I just saw meditation as another one of those fluffy things. Hey, people meditate, you know, what's all that about? And then I started to just look at some of the science and the data and I started to realize, wow, that, that, that there's a lot of data points that reinforce that people who meditate have better mind control, right? That they, they uh, have clearer headspace. They are more resilient because of the way that it primes the brain. So I said, okay, that's interesting. I started to look at the science behind getting great sleep, um, right? I started to look at the science of exercising. And so I trusted in that. And then I started implementing one by one. And I just started to track how I felt. What was my performance like? And surprise, surprise, as I started to add and implement each of these things into my morning routine and my nighttime routine, I started to perform better. I started to feel nice. better. I was then more effective with other people and in my role. So I'd encourage anyone out there to, to start small, right? Pick one thing, even one thing that you're really skeptical about. Go and look at the data, go and look at the science and then implement that one thing. Start to then build up. And now I've got a pretty bulletproof morning routine that's super simple but really effective same thing at night and it works for me so you have an evening routine as well correct i do that's, that's interesting I, I know a lot of people talk about their morning routines but um <clears throat> does the evening routine help you kind of get ready to have that good sleep that you're talking about is that is that what the point of that is yes it's to optimize for sleep so i'll tell you a couple of ingredients that, that go into the awesome. nighttime routine yeah. if that's helpful yeah. uh one is that i have uh, some, in essence, they, they're yellow glasses, but they're designed to be blue light blockers. So I put them on at 8 p.m. so that any technology that I interface with from 8 p.m. onwards, uh, in essence, will make sure that I, I'm reducing my sensitivity to that affecting my sleep. Um, so that's one thing. The next thing is that my phone uh, at 8 p.m. will automatically trigger uh, on the iPhone, something called screen time. So it shuts down all of the apps, but for, uh, in essence, an emergency, right? So family needing to get in touch with me, uh, very close friends, they will remain open and available to get in touch, but it shuts down all of the entertainment apps, anything that might get my mind uh, wired, right? Or firing in a place that it shouldn't be firing. Um, and then also the meditation is a part of that nighttime routine. There's also things like the timing of my meals, et cetera. So those are some of the core pillars. And what it means is that by the time I then get into bed, which is uh, I get into bed for 9.30, I journal at that time, I read a book, and then the objective is that I'm in bed lights out by 10 p.m. So that's the kind of big picture of my routine. And ever Love since it. I've implemented it, from someone who didn't used to sleep well, I sleep incredibly well now. That's fantastic. 
I'm looking at time. We're going to run out of time because I want to get into this other side of the coin. But I have two more things I want to ask you about mindset, if you don't mind. Just Absolutely. as I've been listening to you, I've been taking notes and jotting these things down, man. And it's it's filling up pages okay. fast, right? And so the the there's two of them. I think they're similar. Um, actually, I want to do positive and then negative. Any thoughts around if you want to achieve different, we want to be a bar raiser, okay? We want to be a bar raiser. The concept of thinking different in order to act different. Any kind of final thought around that? Like, I, I like, I, I've seen you talk about this before, that don't be average, think different so you can act different. Would, is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners around different achievement starts to different, starts with different thinking? Any, any final thought on that before I wrap that? Yeah, I, I think that you've got to decide who you want to be in this world, uh, right, Rob? I think it all starts with that. I, I don't want to be average. I've always been someone who wants to be the best. I want to be elite because more than anything else, life's too short for it to be any other way. We get one shot at this thing called life, right? And I want to run at it with a sense of pace, with a sense of intent, with a sense of urgency so that when I look back, I say, what an impact I had and I left it all on the table. That's my mentality. Is that the right mentality? I'm not the person who can say that, right? But as with anything, there's a, there's a top percentile and then there's everyone else. Everyone else gets generally kind of forgotten about, right? They don't go down in history and the top percentile get remembered. These are the people that drove legacy and made a difference. So you've got to decide who you want to be I want to be clear that I'm not saying one is better than the other, right? I love it's it. No, I love it. You want yeah. to be, right? Um, once you've figured that out, that then drives and dictates everything else. Because if you want to be the best, it means that you want to be a bar raiser and you're willing to do what bar raisers do. And they go the extra mile. They do more, right? They seek to be great. They act like they want to be great. They have a sense of pace. They live with a sense of urgency. They think about that extra activity they can do to get a step ahead of their deals, of their forecasts, of their customers, right? So it starts to me with who do you want to be? So good. So good. Because a lot of people are, are happy with average. And so other people, like average to me is a curse word. Average to me, like, I love it. Like, I remember when I held my first child in my hands. I had this feeling like my job is to do everything I can to have them not be average, you know, and, and help them think. So I love what you're saying. Last thing on this, and then, then we got to move. Cause I want to get it to what you said, being willing to do the things I want to talk about being more than a big thinker and a big talker wasn't mean to be a big doer. Cause that is maybe that's massive too. Last thing sales is filled with failure. It is. Okay. It's filled with it. And when we're like over, like you started with Ali, when he lost, didn't mean he wasn't the greatest. I love that. It's such a great example. Like I'm, I love that you led with that. When you are sometimes dealing with failure, like right now, some companies are having layoffs. And right now there's changes that people are trying to have to figure out how to deal with. And I have people say, Rob, what used to work isn't working the same anymore. Or, you know, like making X number of calls isn't just, that's not good enough anymore. Right. Um, I want to get your take on, on its two sides. Like, how do you continue to think bigger when you're faced with failure? Or the other side of that coin is, how do you feed the mindset so you're feeding the positive and choke out that negative? Because you and I both, I think, are similar in this. 
your mind will respond to whatever you feed. If you feed the future and you feed the positive and the fantastic, it's going to be great. If you feed the fears and if you feed the doubts, those things are going to grow. But when you're faced with failure sometimes, and that's in sales, <clears throat> that can be hard to do. You got one or two pointers or thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. I, I want to start with a, a saying from Anthony Joshua, which says, never let success get to your head or failure get to your heart. Ooh. And that's something Ooh. that, yeah, <laughs> that one hits heavy. And one thing that I've always sought to do on top of that saying is that in a way, Rob, I, I look at my successes and my failures in quite a net neutral way. I look at them as another step on the journey that's helping me drive the big picture outcomes I want to drive in my life. So if I say, and this is one of my goals, is that I want to impact 100 million people as it relates to them uh, thinking about or considering sales careers, right, or impacting them through my content. I, I checked where I am on that so far, and I've uh, touched 7 million people just through LinkedIn alone. So that's we've got amazing. a way to go, but we're getting there. And so I, I just look at any success or any failure. It's another step right? It's another step forward on that journey of impact. And so you've got to have a big goal, right? That is agnostic of the big wins and the big failures. It's just another step forward. The other thing I say is zoom out because all of us are just writing a book uh, ultimately in our lives. And every day we just write another word on another page in another chapter, right? And so don't get overly swayed by a failure or anything. You're just writing a few more words on the page. Just keep writing an amazing story. The failures help you get better. The successes give you more to help you run further and faster. Just keep writing. Don't stop. We are the authors of our own story. If we're going to be writing our story, I think now like a a, a book, like the like the the children's stories i'm thinking of cinderella they always start the good ones always start with once upon a time as i listen to you what do they all end with do you that's remember an it? interesting one uh i don't know if there's an uh, official saying for it if not fill me in i think it's and they lived happily ever after ever something after. along the it's along right. those lines right yes once upon a time is the beginning and the end is they live happily ever after and so yes. we're the author of creating our own happily ever after, right? Absolutely. And the great stories have some ups and downs, but ultimately we get to that happily ever after. And I love how we're the authors of that story. And you wouldn't end the story of Cinderella when she's just mopping the floors for the evil, evil, evil stepsister. You got to get to the end of it, man. You got to get to the end of that story. I, I love, like, it's such a great way of looking at it, Alex. Thank you. It's, it's such a great way. Keep writing keep getting to that happily ever after, right? That's it. You said so it best. Let's shift to work ethic. Let's shift to actually doing the work. Now, some people will interpret what you and me just talked about as I can get into my meditation position. I can get into my yoga position and I'm going to have positive mindset. I'm going to try to attract success. I'm just going to think about it and, and, and be successful. And while I agree with all of it, I do think everything starts with mindset. It is only useful in what it creates for you in terms of action, right? And um, you've you've got to do the work. Any thoughts about the role of effort and doing the work on where this falls with achieving massive success and being a great leader? 
First of all, I completely agree. You've got to do the work, right? And we see far too often what I call analysis paralysis, right? People spend so much time on the theory that they forget to get out there on the field, right? And you've you've got to be on the field. I, I'll tell you a quick um, story I always remember in my mind was um, the time that I had to, for the first time, do a public speaking gig in front of uh, hundreds of people. And I got on stage and I, I choked, I froze. And okay. I, I actually walked off the stage. This was many years ago. Wow. Um, because I just crumbled, right? And um, Like on eight mile, man, Eminem, like, yeah, exactly, yeah. It was just the worst feeling. But wow. I remember when I went home that day, I said, I can never allow this to happen again. Love and that. so I never forget the next opportunity I had to do a, a speech I recorded myself doing the speech over a hundred times on my phone. I still actually have the recordings and I just did it again and again and again. And then I would send the recordings over to someone I classify as a bar raiser and I would hold myself accountable to a, a new standard. How do I get better? Alex, the tonality, we need more. We need to change this. We need to adjust that. And I kept going and going and going. I was on the field, right? I put in the hard yards. I got a bar raiser to hold me accountable. So you can hopefully see the trend and the pattern in this. This has carried me all the way through my career, even as a sales leader to this day. I'm on the field. I do the yards. I find a bar raiser. I hold myself accountable. I rinse, repeat, and I go again. And I just don't stop. And the mentality that I have, Rob, is that no one can match me when it comes to me on that field. Yeah. You ain't going to match me, right? That's the way I think about it, right? And so be on the field, find a bar raiser to hold yourself accountable, and then just keep going. So let's, let's look at that for a second, because I think there's an interesting balancing act. I, I am with you. I, I, I'm a person that says you got to do the work, right? It reminds me as I listen to you, I love the statement. My son, when he was a quarterback, uh, he had a quarterback coach. And this quarterback coach um, had them all wear a wristband. All, you could tell everybody who trained with this guy because they all had the same wristband, those silicone wristbands. And it says, on one side, it says, eyes up. Instead of eyes down, don't feel sorry for yourself. And the second one is do the work. Eyes up, do the work. And if you're going to be a leader of your football team, eyes got to be up. You can never be down. Okay. And you got to be on the field doing the work. You, you want to be when they show up, man, there you are working. When everybody goes, man, there you are working. But I think there's a balancing act because sometimes people think, oh, if I want to double my results or triple my commissions, then maybe I have to do triple the hours, which we both know is impossible. We work hard as you couldn't do triple the hours. Or for me to have gains in my career, I'm going to have to be willing to sacrifice and take away from more of what I do with my family or my personal and all that stuff. And while I'm a big believer that we do have to do the work, I don't think that we have to say it's just linear, like double this means double the hours. No. Where does it come in on growth while you're doing the work? Is there a relationship in your mind? And is that something that we should be thinking about? Yeah, it's a really important call out, Rob. So thanks for raising it. And there's a reason why I reference and made it, uh, you know, stand out that having a bar raiser for accountability is important because there's that saying of uh, people would say practice makes perfect, whereas I'd say practice makes permanent, 
We right. have the same quote. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And so because of that, um, you're completely right. We've got to add a le level of science and intelligence and smarts so that we can make sure that we're being efficient with our time. We're getting the best return on investment on our time. You know, if we look at that one hour, how can we get the best yield on that one hour, right? And so uh, again, if you've got an eight hour working day, how do I get the best ROI on that eight hours? So completely with you that it's not always about uh, adding more time, right? Because if you're adding more time to average activity, you're just doing more average activity for more time. And you might get diminishing returns because your body's not set to do 16 hour days all the time. I mean, Absolutely. I've done that. I've been the idiot who did that. Yeah. And I get diminishing returns over time. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, uh, figure out how to get the best ROI. One of the really simple ways I sometimes think about this, Rob, is, you know, you, you, you put a dollar or pound value on every hour of your time, right? Just say for argument's sake, you say I'm worth $5,000 an hour. And then ask yourself, is every activity you're doing within that hour, would you equate it to being worth $5,000? Like, is it really moving the needle? And, and, and if it isn't, ask yourself if there's better things you could be doing or is there delegation for that hour that could help you get a better yield on that time? So good, man. So good. All right, we're, we, we are going to run up on, we got like seven minutes left. Okay, we got seven minutes and I want to get the maximum ROI in our seven minutes to use your eight-hour category, okay? Um, I, I love that idea of being like, I'm going to get more bang for my buck in every hour. I, I, I like that. How do you identify the growth areas? Because I, I, everybody says, well, not everybody, I hear it a lot. Man, I do like the idea of growth. I, like, how do I know? Like, some people I call them gamblers. I'm just going to work as hard as I can and cross my fingers and hope it's good enough, right? You're a bar raiser, Alex. That's who you are now. You're a bar raiser. As a bar raiser, talking to 45,000 people that either are bar raisers or aspire to be a bar raiser, any advice on how to find those areas? Because it's not just as simple as find the thing that is your greatest weakness. It's not the thing you suck at. Some things you suck at might not matter. Or if you could get another something that's great, it could be the kind of thing that being great at that thing, that has a huge advantage going from your third best thing and making it your second best thing. That, that could be huge. How do you help people as a bar raiser? Like when you were telling me your story of the speech, they're like tonality, they're this, they're that. They were very good at helping. How can our leaders that are listening to you, and this has been epic, I can't believe how fast it's gone. How can they find those areas where you should try to grow so you can have predictable improvement rather than just cross your fingers and hope. Yeah, uh, it's a really interesting one. The, the first thing is I say, work backwards from the end state, you know, and I like to do that in everything uh, that I can. So people are going to have their personal goals, their professional goals, performance-based goals and everything in between. So start with the end state in mind and work it backwards. If I need to drive a million dollars in revenue by the end of the year, let me work that back to a, a quarterly plan, a monthly plan, a daily plan, an hourly plan, right? And that should then start to give you an initial view around the activities that you need to take at a very micro level so that you can start to take immediate action. So that, that's kind of the first thing, right? Um, the, the, the next strand is that you almost want to then layer on top of that 
uh, right, where you're thinking about, okay, now I've got a, a plan of action. You can start to think about leveraging technology and, and intelligence to start to go from mastering the fundamentals to more advanced. So if we look at sellers now, we've got the category of sales intelligence, which just didn't even exist when I started out. Yep. Um, and so we've got tools that can listen in to understand tonality, talk time, make suggestions about adjustments that people can make to coach someone in real time on a call. Now, I'm not uh, necessarily someone who, who really sweats that you have to use all of these tools. But what I'm trying to say is that as we want to go from fundamentals to, you know, mediocre to good to great to elite to bar raiser, right? If we see those categories, you've got to start to move uh, to understand not only all of the fundamentals, but how can data help you make more data-driven and insightful, meaningful decisions, right? And so this is where you start to really help yourself go from being a, a bar raiser to almost an elite level bar raiser, where you're starting to use data and intelligence to make more meaningful decisions. See, what I like about that is you didn't use data to beat people or corral people or herd people or get compliance from people. You use data to say, let's pinpoint. That's the word I, I wrote down as I was listening with you. An elite level bar raiser, which I really like, you use data to pinpoint areas of opportunity, not areas of suckiness, areas of opportunity, going from good to great or great to elite might be more valuable than going from crap to average. <laughs> so this is good, man. We're down to our last two minutes. Um, I sometimes have three questions I ask you. I'm not going to do it today because I would rather give you the two minutes. We've had a great conversation. We've talked about mindset. We've talked about bar raising. We've talked about work ethic and we've talked about routines we've got some awesome things like choosing who you want to be you know this this career by design is what's coming to mind to me as i listen to you and do you have any final thoughts you got forty-five thousand leaders that are listening to you uh i know it's not going to make a dent in your quest to 100 million but these, these forty-five thousand man they're they're people that are leading people and so they'll have impact on other people and as you think about what we've talked about, any final thoughts in the next couple of minutes that you would share to these people as they go about this role of being a bar raiser for themselves, but also in the lives of the people they lead? Absolutely. I'll, I'll say a couple of things. The first is that be cognizant that motivation in life, it comes and it goes. It, it, it mm. dips and it wanes and it spikes. The thing that will sustain you for a lifetime is consistency and discipline. And that means waking up and knowing no matter how you feel, the work's got to get done. And it's got to get done because you have personal and professional goals that you don't want to rest on because you want to drive impact, you want to drive legacy, and you want to be remembered and stand for something. So that's the first thing that I'll say. The, the second thing that I'll say is that live with some form of vision purpose, intent, and urgency. Again, you get one shot at this thing called life, right? Don't let it go to waste because time is the most precious resource on this earth. So make every second count. Your mental health's important. All of these things are important. Look after yourself, but, but drive hard. Drive hard, right? Get after it every single day. Don't leave anything on the table. Dude. 
not adding anything to that. Just going to say thank you. Okay. Um, Alex, I knew I was going to like the conversation with you. I, 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 uh, confident I will be reaching out to you. There's a small set of people who are repeat, uh, joiners of the podcast. I, I hope to have you back. You are, you're incredible. That was awesome. I, I, I want to thank you. His name is Alex Elaine. Uh, he is helping create elite bar raisers all around the world on his quest to helping 100 million people have better lives, better impact, better careers, and achieve what they choose. I hope you go back and listen to this conversation two or three times and take some notes. I can't wait to see where you go next, Alex. Thank you so much for joining us. And as I say to every single person who joins us, happy selling and best, best wishes to you, my friend. Rob, I just want to say this conversation has been incredible. So thank you so much for having me on. For anyone who wants to get in touch, check me out on LinkedIn, Alex Elaine. Oh, I didn't even do that. I was so blown away. Take take one minute. How do they get more of you? I'm, I'm so sorry. I went away from my script because I was so, so, so how do they get more of you? They, you have to give them that. Get more Alex. It's not a problem at all. So yeah, LinkedIn, Alex Elaine, A-L-L-E-Y-N-E on the surname. Uh, also check out EliteLevel.co. So that's EliteLevel.co to be able to check out our podcast and also our newsletter. Uh, please do tune in. And uh, aside from that, Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, my friend. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, part of the Jepson Performance Group. Listen, our job as sales leaders is hard, really hard, and there aren't a lot of resources for sales leaders to turn to. The fact is most companies spend millions in sales training, sales tools, sales process, and salespeople. Those same companies spend next to nothing for sales leadership process, sales leadership training, and the only sales leadership tools we get are rolled up dashboards. And while it's true the company should do more to develop the sales leaders on their team, the fact is they don't most of the time. And that that's why I created Sales Leadership United. It's the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets and resources. Whether you're a new sales leader or one that's been leading teams for years, you're going to find all kinds of tools to help you create more impact with those you lead faster. You can find it on Patreon, and it's like a Home Depot for sales leaders. You're going to find video excerpts of this and all of our podcasts and three to five minute segments all tagged and organized by topic to help you in your sales leadership journey. You'll find my very best content, over 100 hours of sales leadership training materials, sales meeting materials, uh, leadership and one-on-one coaching systems, and much, much more. New material is added every single week, and you'll find everything you need in order to be an elite sales leader at Sales Leadership United. So don't go reinventing sales leadership. Invest in yourself because you're worth it. Tap into proven training and techniques used by some of the world's most successful sales leaders in the world, and head over to Sales Leadership United today. I also want to thank you, our listeners. We're well over 40,000 people that download the show every single month. The show just keeps growing faster and faster. We keep showing up on the top of the sales podcast, the sales leadership podcast list. I'm super appreciative of it. It's mind-boggling to me that the show is now listened by so many leaders in so many countries around the world. Many of you have shared with me how you've binge listened to every single one of these 200 episodes. Uh, I, I love hearing the stories of how the show's helped you in your sales leadership journey. So keep those DMs coming. They fire me up and I love hearing them. I love interacting with you. So thank you, because there is no show without you. I, I do this because I, I love the sales leadership community, and I'm so grateful that so many of you have found the show helpful. So thank you.
Your support of the show has been humbling. It's inspiring. And I will keep bringing killer guests to you each week, just like Alex. Even though there's nobody else just like Alex. Alex is someone that I've been following for a while now. He's done amazing work. Speaking with him was even more awesome than I thought it would be. More insightful, more motivational. You know, that I feel like I'm someone that has pretty good motivation. That guy got me fired up. I was ready to go out and do something when we were done with that one. And I've listened to that episode a couple times since I recorded it, and I, I don't get tired of it. This episode is loaded with gold, seriously. And coming up with this so what, the things that I thought would be most insightful from the segment, it was difficult. It was a different experience because this conversation had so many killer parts to it. You know, he started with getting out of your own way. We talked about standards of excellence, operating rhythms, routines, effort, commitment to excellence, and, and so much more. It, it was awesome. But there's two things I'm going to focus on. Two things that make all the difference to your work as a sales leader. And the first might be my very favorite topic. It's mindset. You've heard me talk about it before. If you're a member of Sales Leadership United, you see a lot of material on that. Um, all of the very best performers and every single top sales leader I have the opportunity to work with, they all start in the very same place, and it's mindset. In that triple helix of the DNA that we have, and I'm not talking about our personal human genetic DNA, I'm talking about our sales leadership DNA, there's three strands in that triple helix, and the first one is mindset. The other two, skill set and performance, they're almost unimportant if you don't have a strong mindset. If you've got a weak mindset, you're going to be extremely limited on what you can accomplish. So as sales leaders, we've got to be able to do more than just talk about mindset. We have to be able to help those we lead develop a bulletproof, titanium-grade mindset. And before you can do it for those you lead, you've got to be able to do that for yourself. And so what that means is you have to choose what you fuel. You're going to either choose your future and your goals and what's possible, and you're going to push that envelope, and you're going to go places that maybe others would never even fathom, or you're going to fuel your fears and your doubts and, and make real what's impossible. You just you can't fuel both. I just released a leadership training to Sales Leadership United members on some leadership lessons learned from General George Patton. It was really interesting putting this training together for my subscribers because it was interesting to me on the things that helped him win in the 1930s and 40s, how they're still winning principles today, maybe even more important today than they were back then. And one of the mantras he is attributed with, it reminded me of this conversation with Alex. And it goes something like this, when there's fear of failure, there will be failure. I haven't stopped thinking about one. When there is fear of failure, there will be failure. So go back and listen to Alex on mindset, especially the part where he talks about how mindset work applies to us as sales leaders. I love this cryotherapy story. I, I think that, that that's not just a tough guy story. I think that's a mindset story. And it's one that each of us should apply. I loved how intentional Alex is with his approach to what he does, how mindful he is of the importance of time and, and how he knows that he's in charge of what he does. But the point I want to finish one with this episode with, with Alex is this concept about choosing to be a bar raiser, not being a bar raiser, choosing to be a bar raiser. As Alex talked about bar raisers in his life, I couldn't help but think about the bar raisers in my life. And I'm lucky because I've had a few bar raisers. But even though I've had some, it's a small group of people and only one of them 
Only one in my entire career was my sales leader. And that's not unusual. I've had so many sales leaders I work with tell me they never had a sales leader who was a difference maker in their lives. They had plenty of difference makers in their lives, but none of them that were sales managers or sales leaders. So when I hear Alex talk about doubling down on his commitment to being a bar raiser, I hope it makes every one of you sit up and take notice. It like made the hair stand up on my arms. Like it made me tingle. It's that big of a concept, okay? We, we, we need to take notice because I think that's our primary role. The development of those we lead, that's what matters most. To help them become more than they ever would if we were left them on their own to figure things out. We can help them become more. We need to help them become better. We need to help each of them get there faster. And if we can commit to that goal of being a bar raiser, helping them become more, helping them become better, helping them get there faster, Man, everything else that Alex shared in this conversation, it'll make more sense and it'll fall into place because that purpose of being a bar raiser, that's a purpose that will give you a different kind of fuel. That's something that will make you see the world in a different dimension. It'll make what black and white turn into color or what was flat turn into 3D. Um, that fuel of being a bar raiser, that will give you a kind of fuel that creates a much different impact. So my advice, my challenge, my hope, is that you will choose to set your mind to becoming a bar raiser. I hope to hear from many of you about how you're going to be a bar raiser. I want to hear your bar raising story. Send it to me. Reach out to me. Uh, I, I want to hear your bar raising stories. If we as a community can, can become a community of bar raisers, not a community of quota crushers, but a community of bar raisers, we will make the world a better place. We will become someone who helps each person become something more, something different, something better. And that's when you start down the road of becoming elite. That's when you'll have people who will never want to work for anyone else because of the impact you had in their lives and in their careers. So Alex, man, you're amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. You've done incredible things in your career. Shoot, you've done incredible things for me just in this conversation. I can't wait to see what comes next. This was a killer conversation and I'm so appreciative that you would share some of your insights and your approach with our sales leaders all around the world. So to our listeners, if you have not created with Alex, be sure to do so. Connect to him. Follow what he shares and does. Check out his material. Implement these suggestions. His insight around urgency, ambition, and drive, they're inspiring. And I hope that you'll end up being one of the 100 million people Alex impacts as he chases this life ambition of creating legendary impact. I'm going to have in the show notes links to his podcast and and uh, his newsletter, and, and also just to his LinkedIn, I, I think you need to connect with him. So finally, I want to thank each of you, our listeners. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star review. Uh, it goes a long way in helping me get the best review guests in the world on our show. Lots of you ask me how you can port, support us. You can do it two ways. The first is to just go check out Sales Leadership United. For the cost of lunch, you can make an investment in yourself that will be a game changer. But the easiest way you can support us is just to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Share the show with someone who needs to hear it. And then be elite. Live strong, chase your passions, and don't worry, just execute, because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. 
If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.